Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Preach about how to be blessed or how to how to live a happy life. And as I was preparing, I started to think about a very happy moment for me and my wife. Uh, when I was I was 27 years old, I, together with my wife, was able to buy a house in Stockholm. And if you, if you don't live in Stockholm, you should know it's, it's hard to be able to buy a house in Stockholm. Uh, it, it is not easy. We had been trying for so long, uh, but a lot of different circumstances we kind of was orchestrated together. And we got an opportunity to buy a brand new house. And we could hardly believe it in the beginning because it was too good to be true. In right exactly the area we wanted to live in, a brand new house. You know, when, when that was confirmed that, that we were able to get it, we were so happy. We felt so blessed. We, we were stepping into this house and felt like the luckiest people on the earth. And, and then it took like six months. And I was downloading the app to start to look for other houses thinking... Hmm, it might be a better house somewhere. Maybe I need a bigger house. Maybe I need another house. Maybe I just need something that is a little bit better. And when I speak about happiness, when the Bible teaches about happiness, um, I think that it's not... It is things that can make us happy for the moment, but the Bible can teach us a path how we can live a happy life. When... When we want to be blessed, we often think about a new or a bigger car, a bigger house, a bigger wallet, a bigger, bigger TV, a, a big, not bigger wife, but bigger biceps. Or, uh, everything should be bigger, greater, newer. We just want a little bit more. And if someone asks, how much more do you need? Just a little bit more. And when you have it, you just need a little, always more, greater, bigger, newer, and so on. And, and I think that I'm not the only one feeling like that but if I can just have this then I will be satisfied and when you get it ah, I just need the next thing then I will be satisfied uh, but the Bible is teaching something else of course the Bible in the Bible it's written that God has been putting down a desire for us to achieve greatness to have more and to multiply and store what he have given us and, and, and what we have received but it's not really the stuff that is making you happy if owning a lot of things were truly making you happy Sweden would be one of the happiest places on earth but I don't think it's always the case when I had a, a pastor from Africa visiting me he was uh, he, he was telling me that after being traveling around on in on the subway he said that so many people here has so much but still they look so sad I cannot understand why. And he said, where I'm from, many people are poor, but they are very happy. They have a lot of joy. It feels like God has given you, given you the material things, but he'll be giving us the joy. We are rich in joy. And I want to teach something that the Bible is teaching us about having joy and be happy. The word blessed or happy is in Greek, mar, eh, makarios. And that means happy, 
supremely blessed a condition when congratulations is in order and, and the root of this word speaks about large or long duration so uh, so when the bible speaks about being blessed or being happy it speaks about not just for the moment because a lot of things can make us happy for the moment you know doing bad things can make you happy for the moment but in the long run it will make you miserable because you did something stupid but the bible wants to give you a lasting joy a happiness of heart and i think that the by uh, that the disciples they were wondering exactly the same thing and they were asking jesus how to have this happiness and blessed life so one day when Jesus was outside of his home, he was living in Carpanum, and they were probably walking by the lake and they went up on a mountainside or a hillside. Then Jesus was going to teach them the secret about joy. And it's not really the things like, like we would pick. I mean, we all would think that, oh, if I could just have some more money, then I would be truly happy and, and have no problem. No, the Bible teaches something else. Okay, it's written like this in Matthew 5 and 1. 5 and 1. Now Jesus saw the crowds. He went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And this is what Jesus taught them. He said that, blessed are you that have a perfect home because people will be jealous at you. Blessed are you that can have five vacations per year because your Instagram feed will look amazing. Blessed are you that are in great shape because others want to be you. <laughs> Blessed are you that have a lot of money and are owning a lot because you have no problem. It's not really what Jesus thought. We, we all kind of want it and think that if I have it, I, want to, I will be blessed. But it's not really on Jesus' top list about being blessed. Um, you know, but still we want it. We all want vacation that something else is paying for. We all want to be in great shape, but still eating chips. We all want the perfect home that someone else are cleaning. You know, we want these things, but Jesus doesn't say that that is the path to joy and blessed life. No, he's saying something very different. Let's go in and see on Jesus' top list how you can be blessed. Number one is this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven what the poor in spirit is that to be happy to be poor in what does it even mean the message translation phrase it like this you are blessed when you're on the end of your rope with less of you there is more for God and his rule so God is saying that when you are on the end of the rope when you realize I'm spiritual poor I don't have what it takes I I I, I cannot do it all the Bible says that then you are blessed because yours is the kingdom of heaven and and this can be hard to understand because it's not on our top list but it is on Jesus top list to true to have a truly blessed life and, and I don't know how, how you work but me I'm a very competitive person and to to hang on the edge of the rope and give up it feels like losing and I hate to lose I hate it a lot I never want to lose but but the Bible says that when you're on the end of the ro rope and realize I cannot make it and you're kind of giving up then God can come and lift you. And you're not losing, you're winning. It is like you are on the way to be defeated and you take Jesus and you put him in your team. And he's now playing in your team, helping you. You will not lose, you will 
win. And I have experienced this over and over again in my life that when I surrender to God, He's lifting me up and He's blessing my life. Number two, how you can live a happy and a blessed life. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will, true be, for they will be comforted. And I mean, of all the different things, this is the hardest one to understand. I was wrestling with this a lot and, and praying and asking, what, what does this even mean to mourn? I mean, if you are mourning, you've been through something hard. And who wants to go through something hard? Ecclesiastics says in chapter 3 and verse 1 that there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heavens. And then in verse 4 it's written that a time for weeping and a time for laughter a time for mourn and a time for dance so there is a time in your life when you have to mourn we all will go through things we'll go through lo losses we'll lose a loved one we will we will go through different things and then the right time right there and then is to mourn not to live in mourning, not to camp in mourning, but there is a time when you need to mourn. Because if you mourn, you will be comforted. And the, the other thing is probably true that if you don't mourn, you will probably not be comforted. So the way to healing, to joy, to comfort is to mourn when you are in a season of mourning. Uh, so don't avoid it to every cost. Don't dig down all your sorrows. Sometimes you need to mourn to be able to come to the other side. We're speaking about how you can live a blessed life. Number, number three is this. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Okay, Meekness is not weakness. It is not that you are weak, that you have nothing to give. No, it is that you realize I cannot do it all. I don't, I cannot fix everything on my own. I cannot fix everything by myself. To be humble is not thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking less, uh, less on yourself. So everything in the world is not about you, but it doesn't mean that you say, ah, I cannot do anything, I have no capacity. No, you know that God has given you some gifts that you should use. But you're not just using it to build your own kingdom or building your own, you, I, I mean, your, your own glory. No, you're using your gifts to build the kingdom of God. You're using your gifts to build to the glory of God, to honor the name that is above all other names. Are you with me? I can't hear you. Please write it in the comments. Are you with me? Put something in the comments. Oh, I see a lot of fire in the comments right now. Oh, I can't see. Please put it. Some fire. All right. Uh, let me illustrate this. I believe that humility is like a vessel. Uh, and... and God wants to give you the earth. He says, it was written that he will, you will inherit the earth. And the more, the bigger vessel you have, the more of the earth you can, you can, he can give you. But it is the humility that decides your capacity. So if you have a lot of humility, God can entrust you with almost anything. Because you know it's not all about you, but that the glory belongs to God. But if you are prideful, it can hardly give you anything because it will just build up your own glory. So humility leads to inherit the earth and a lot of joy. Uh, number four is this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
How is a hungry man or woman? It's a man or a woman that is not content. They are not satisfied. They want to eat. They want to drink. They want something. They're not satisfied with, with the circumstances right now. They need something. In John's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 54, it's written that whoever eats, this is a strange text, I tell you. If you haven't read it before, you will wonder, what is this? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. What on earth is Jesus speaking about? He is speaking about accepting what he did on the cross when he gave his blood and his body for you and me. Uh, but it says, whoever eats. And the Bible says, if, you eat, if you're hungry and thirsty, you will be blessed. My grandpa... Uh, was a man that I always felt was living far away from God. And then when I was going on mission trips, he always told me that, why are you even going? You don't help anyone with this. There is no, there is no different differences between religion. And he was, he was mocking me for going on mission trips. But then one day when he was old, he was, he was very sick and he was about to die. And I was praying for him back home in the apartment. And after a while, I felt the Holy Spirit told me, call him up. I didn't want to call him, so I waited almost the whole day. But then in the end of the day, I was calling him up. And I was explaining the gospel. And when I've been explaining the gospel, I said that it's written in the Bible that if you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And I said, do you believe in Jesus, Grandpa? And I said, yes, I do. I have always been doing it. And I said, do you want to be saved? Yes, I want to, I want to be saved. And I was praying a prayer of salvation with him on the phone. And he was receiving Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He'd been, been believing in God for his whole life. But he was not hungry for the things of God. But when he was in the end of his life, when he was on the end of the rope, he was hungry. He, he understood that, that I, I want everlasting life. So he was willing to eat of Jesus, to receive him. And I want to speak to you that are sitting home. Maybe you've heard many sermons. Maybe many people have been praying for you or shared the word of God with you. But you need to eat it. You need to receive it. You cannot just hear it. You need to accept it. And you need to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Then you will be truly blessed. Uh, point five. Blessed are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. Isn't it wonderful with merciful people? With kind people, with tender people. You know, when they're coming into the room, it is like wool is all over in the room. It is like a, a cozy cloud in the room because, because it feels like they have no edges. Whatever they say, it's just like nice. And you, you feel like they love me. Oh, cannot everyone be like this? And it's so nice to have those people in a team or in your life because they makes everything so good. We should be merciful. My son, Caleb, uh, I remember when the first time he took an injection of, of, of some, some, some kind of vaccine or vaccination or something. I remember he saw, he, he saw the, the needle and he got terrified. And I had tried to hold him and he was, he was so tense and he, he was crying and crying and he, he was so upset and he never wanted to take another one. But of course he had to take one later on. But this time I put my phone with a kids program in front of his eyes 
And right before the needle came out, I put a chocolate piece of chocolate in his mouth. So he was watching film eating chocolate. He didn't notice the injection. He didn't see the needle. Uh, it was done and he hadn't noticed it. And sometimes when people are full of mercy, it is like that. They can tell you the truth and it takes two hours before you realize, oh, they were actually correcting me. Because they're using so good words. It is like wool <laughs> or cotton uh, that is just filling the room. And it is so cozy. It is so nice. Uh, but it's genuine and true. And it makes a difference. When we've been handing out gifts and serving the poor in Stockholm this weekend, we have been exercising and working out mercy. And it gives you so much joy back. Okay. Number six. And you wonder how many do we have? Not so many more, but I won't tell you because hang in there, hang in there. We're soon done. We're soon done. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Pure in heart, without blemish. You know, we have all been sinning. We all have stains on us. But the blood of Jesus is the soap that can erase every sin. That can erase every darkness. That can make you pure in your heart. And when you have become pure in your heart, you should know that there is still a fight between goodness and light in our lives. The Bible calls it the fight between flesh and the spirit. There is a war going on inside of you. My friend once told me, he told me this, he said that, which dog do you feed? And I was like, I have no dogs. Do you feed a black or the white dog? It is the white dog is the spirit and the black dog, it is the flesh. And that wants bad things and evil. And if you feed the black one, it will grow and it will have the upper hand in your life. But if you feed the spirit, that white dog will grow bigger. And, and the spirit will have the upper hand in your life. And you will be able to live in purity. You will be able to make the right choices. You will be able to do what is right. So choose to feed the white dog so it can become bigger. Blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. If you want to see God, stay with that pure heart and when you've been sinning you're applying the blood of Jesus as a soap that are washing you pure on the inside okay we are speaking about having a blessed life number seven blessed are peacemakers for they will be called children of God not the peace protectors I know that in every family we have priest protectors you, you, you might come home to Christmas this year and you'll meet with some family members and you are like a snake in the conversations you know what to avoid you know what subjects to not speak about because then the peace that you desire will turn into a war if I speak about politics politics <laughs> <laughs> it's soon Christmas, huh? Uh, the war will break loose. So you rather, instead, instead of, of, of fixing it, you put a lid on it. Uh, so what is boiling inside will be kept down. But after a while, when you have a lid on it and it's boiling, it will, it will explode, explode. It will come out. Blessed are the peacemakers, the Bible says. I remember when I was started to work with the Bible school that we have here in the church. And I was, had just been turning a little bit over and 20 years old. And I was sitting down with two guys from the Middle East that was almost double my age. And I was sitting down to resolve a conflict between them. And it was about the small thing. So I thought, it's all fine. 
we started to speak. It took a few minutes and both of them were standing on one side each of the table, holding the mother in, in, in their jackets, screaming at one another. And it was so close to become a fist fight. And I was sitting there thinking, what is happening? So I, I was hitting my feet on the table. I was standing up. I was dragging them down. And I was, I, I was screaming, sit down. And then I started to correct them. And I was going after them. And then, then we were speaking things through. And it took 30 minutes. And they were walking out like if they were best friends. One promised to pay a school fee for the other. And one promised to help the other with something. I was thinking... What just took place? What happened? God, this was a miracle. I felt like I have seen blind eyes open up or death ears. I was like, God, what, what happened? Because the Holy Spirit was doing something, something in that moment. Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called children of God. And they were so thankful afterwards that I've been helping them to create peace. You can be a peacemaker. Not someone that is just putting the lid on. No, someone that is resolving a conflict. And that will create peace, genuine peace in your family or among friends. And then eight. Eight and nine is very similar, so I take them at once. Number eight is this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And nine is this. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who are before you. So the Bible says that you can be glad when people are insulting you. When people are persecuting you. And I want to speak this to you right now. Because in our church we have so many people that have been surrendering their life. And, and you have a background as a, as a Muslim or a Hindu or an atheist. And people have been rejecting you. People have been turning their back against you. Maybe, maybe some people are even after you. And you are in danger because of it. I want to speak to you. There is a joy coming to you when you are standing up for Jesus. When you are standing up for the word of God. There is a joy and blessing coming to you when you're not compromising when you're holding on to the gift that he has been, been, been given you and you take that insult you take that persecution and you have a treasure on the inside knowing that everything is not about here and now but you are having a treasure stored for you up in heaven you are blessed if you're persecuted if you're insulted if people are lying about you you are truly blessed blessed i haven't received like hard persecution but insult and lying and gossip that's what that's that's things that i have i have met and i remember when i was on on, on a working place and it was a girl that was always asking me about my faith and one one day she had a lot of different questions and i tried to answer to the best of my capacity without provoking but i could see that every time i answered something inside of her was stirred up and she became more and more angry until she lost it in front of working colleagues she was screaming at me she was she was i mean she was cursing me out and then she went out for an hour before she came back because she was so angry and when she was walking out I just felt joy I felt on the inside finally I'm receiving some some insult finally I'm meeting some pe people that are angry because of my faith and it was a deep joy on their inside 
because I know that Jesus, he was not ashamed of me and I don't want to be ashamed of him. I don't want to be ashamed of his word. I don't want to be ashamed of his presence. I don't want to be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I want to be a Christian that is standing up for my faith. I don't want to back down. I don't want to want to hide. No, I want to be a bold Christian. I want to be a Christian that are not afraid of what someone might do or what someone might, might say because the faith I have received is the faith worth dying for. The faith I have, uh, have received is, is the faith that I've been placing my life in. I've been surrendering my life to God. For me, life is Christ. That is what I have devoted my life to. And I want to stand up for Jesus in this life in front of people because He was standing up in front of standing up for me saving me giving his life for me so be a bold christian and stand whatever you go through you stand with him because he stood for you and you will be truly blessed and have a joy that lasts don't be afraid don't be timid what people say be strong be bold because that is what he's been putting inside of you Okay, so if you want to live a blessed life, if you want to be happy, uh, be poor in the spirit because yours is the kingdom of God. Uh, be someone that mourn because you will be comforted. Be meek at heart because you will inherit the earth. Live with a hunger and a thirst for righteousness for you will be filled. Live with uh, exercise mercy be merciful and you will receive mercy be pure in heart for you will see God be a peacemaker because you will be called children of God and be someone that is standing even if you meet persecution insult gossip and so on you stand up for Jesus because he stood up for you and you will truly be blessed so what can we learn from this sermon how can we how can we live a happy and blessed life okay let us learn this that it is not so much about what you have it's much more about who you have in your life it is not what you do life with it is who you do life with uh, all the stuff all the things will not fill you deep within but standing with Jesus living with him uh, including him in all areas of your life that is going to bless you so that you have joy in your life so if you want to be blessed it's about not turning to things but turning to him including him in every area of your life you have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm if you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy go online to soschurch.se we hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö have a wonderful week